how come I can't be as disciplined? I hear this all the time. How come I can't be as disciplined as I once was? Or how come it's harder for me to like lose weight? Or how come all these different things yeah. so we just find ourselves stuck in this cycle of comparison? And the comparison is the thief of joy. If we're constantly comparing it over and over and over, we're never happy. <laughs> It is Dr. V, and welcome back to another episode of Office Visits with Dr. V. I'm Benita Bernardo, OBGYN, lifestyle medicine physician, both board certified, but just trying to live my best life. Just trying to live my best life and trying to help you live yours. And so, um, again, we have another awesome episode. Uh, this has been a long time coming. And without further ado, I'm just going to introduce Brianna Wilkerson. Hi. Great to be Hi, here. Brianna. Finally be here, right? <laughs> I think this has been, what, three months in the making? I know. I and, um, you know, we're moms, wives, you know, she's got young kids. How old are your kids? Three and one. Three and one. And one, she's potty training right now. So, y'all, you know how that goes. So Great for me. Yes, exactly. Sounder. Let's get into it. Let's tell our listeners, just tell us a little bit about you and, and what you're doing in the world. Yeah. So my, as you mentioned, my name is Brianna. I'm originally from the Caribbean. And so I love all things warm climates, beaches and everything. And But I, now I live in Florida. So the warm climate, follow me. Or I follow the warm climate, I should say. I used to be an accountant in public auditing for about four or five years. But after going through a very transformational journey with my own health, my own relationship with food, my body, and myself, I just wanted to help other women. I didn't intend to switch careers, but once I started coaching, I just was like, my goodness, I love, like, I love, I knew I always loved business and this is the business I want to do. And so yeah. over time, made my way to do that. And I've been in it doing it for seven years, just helping women, you know, release anxiety around food, feel confident when they look in the mirror again. And just finally get the energy, the health, and the body confidence they crave. So, yeah. Wow. So, I'm just looking at your bright smile. And I know uh, some of y'all are listening to it. Check us out on YouTube. We'll get one of the reels. I'm just saying, your face, it looks like you're glowing. Uh, and I'm like, you're, you, I know you've got lighting. I know. <laughs> but it just looks like you are, you're radiant and you're happy. So, um. So tell us, you know, how did you get to this place of helping women with food? What was your story? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, growing up, I was exposed to diets like a lot of women are, like just the women that I knew, that's what we did. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was out of a place of discontent with their body or, you know, again, it's just what we do. But it didn't really like occur to me like why we did that until um, high school when I was started playing sports naturally I you just when you play like go from zero to three sports you just watch what you're eating because you want to get more more nutrition in your body and I really loved the sports I loved looking at what I was eating and I just started losing weight and of course I noticed but other people noticed and as a young high school girl trying to find her place in the world when people will start to affirm you based on what you're looking because there's a change you start to make a belief in your mind that like oh to be seen to be loved to be beautiful is to be smaller that's not what people were saying but that's the belief you start to make um and so i just kept up in that way and i think i got to a point where i was actually healthy for my body 
But then a huge change happened in my life from since I'm from the Caribbean, hurricanes are very popular. Hurricane hit. It just caused like friends to move away, us to live with my grandparents for a time. And it just felt like life was out of control. Mm-hmm. And I asked myself, what can I control? And I told myself, okay, I can control how much I eat and exercise and how well grades I get. That was my form of dealing with what I was feeling. And it just became unhealthy. I was like, just exercise more and more, ate less and less, and to the point where my body was just not supported. My period stopped. I mean, I just got my period a couple years ago. It's like, it shouldn't have stopped, you know? So um, I knew something was off. And, um, you know, it's funny. I had a, luckily I have a lot of loving people in my life. One of my teachers at the time, my English teacher, who also taught careers, was inviting a nutritionist to speak to another class. And she came to me and was like, do you want to speak to her? And at first I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, no, maybe I should. And I should have known something was wrong when I started crying with a nutritionist. Like, you know, I was like <laughs> crying and she was just like, oh, okay. She recognized it wasn't about yeah it's around food. It was about what was going on. So she recommended I see a child psychologist at the time. And I just was like, I'm okay. I just, if I eat a little bit more, gain weight, everyone would be happy. So that's what I did. But I never dealt with how I was using other things to uh, manage my emotions. To the end of high school, I was up to be valedictorian and I felt this pressure to succeed, to perform. And I went to, did the opposite. I went to food for comfort. And to go from one end to the other, it just causes a lot of like uh, strife in you too. Like, wait, I was so self-controlled. Now, how, how did I gain all 60 pounds back? Like, why can't I control myself around this food? And so that just caused a lot of shame and guilt, a lot of body image stuff. And that continued into college until for me, I started to really see that my worth was in any and any of that. When I really started to connect with my faith more and see that my worth was in mm-hmm. who created me, that uh, things for me. It, didn't, it wasn't like night and day, like I have no issues anymore. It was just like this slow healing process of making better choices to support my body and seeing myself differently. And after college, I really felt like God was saying, it's time to like really do this. It's time to be made well. It's time to really like focus on holistic approach. Mm-hmm. And I did that. It took time, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed eating nutritiously. I enjoyed exercise because it wasn't about reaching a goal. It was about just enjoyment and taking care of myself. And um, but yeah, I lost weight, sustained that weight loss until having my kids. And But more so than that, I was at peace. I had joy again. And so from that place, that's when I was like, I wonder if I could help others. And that's when the health coaching came into play. So you said, you know, they mentioned the child psychologist. Who helped you during this process? Like, I mean, did you have a coach? I mean, coaches are kind of like a newer thing. Right, right. Like who helped you do this work and get to where you are today? Well, a huge part of it for me was, um, Two, two or three things. Just uh, I was involved in a college uh, student ministry where the the mentors in my life were really also like caring of holistic me. Like they were like second parent. They married me and my husband. Like they were just amazing. So uh, they weren't necessarily helping me with the specifics around food and stuff, but just helping me like grow in my relationship with God and all these other areas of my life that really I actually think a lot of those other areas bring us more nourishment, more joy. And when those started to feel more complete, I was like, okay, well, let me look at this. But then I also started to do, um, when I went back home after I got married, I got, there's this like Christian health program called First Place for Health. And have you heard of it? 
I found an old book way in I the archives of a library. They were selling it for like a dollar. Yes. It's like a devotional. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you can't find it anywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. the best devotional. And it, yes, go ahead. No, yeah, no. So I had started out with my church, but it wasn't, I wasn't ready. So when I was ready, I went and I found this, like in my mom's bookshelf. And I just got all the resources together. I, my church was starting to do one. And to me, the the guidance of like looking at um, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, like that whole thing just transformed it. It wasn't just about a thousand steps a day or whatever. It was about like, did you like pray today? Did you or like, how's your mind? How's your body? How, all these things. Yeah. And that book is what kept me grounded, I feel. And then, and then the group too. And eventually I just felt like, I'm, I, I can kind of do this on my own um, mm -hmm. and still have dip. Now I have different forms of support, whether it was accountability and going to a gym that was also holistic and looking at nutrition and everything or accountability with like my husband was my workout partner. You know what I mean? So along the step of the way, I've had different forms of mentors, coaches and stuff um, along the way. And you're right. Like there is a role of, for that. And there, there may come a time where you're like, I can follow this program on my own and I'm okay. But I think accountability, support, people you can turn to at some point, even if it's once a month, is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. That is, you know, as a physician, we make prescriptions that give people pills. Right. Accountability when it comes to behavior change and sustaining a healthy lifestyle, accountability has to be somewhere in the recipe. Right. Has to be one of the ingredients. Uh, so it was funny, you know, we, we kind of put this off. And, and guys, so she has a podcast, I have a podcast and, you know, I listen to her podcast and I know we're in alignment and I was like, okay, what are we going to talk about? And she said, well, in this season, I'm into helping women love their bodies. Mm -hmm. And immediately, um, I reconnected with, um, one of my friends from high school, I was a cheerleader hmm. and I had beautiful and I still have beautiful legs. Yes. Yeah. But it was just like, and, and he would always say, you know, I have the best legs, but it's like, okay. And everybody says that my legs are like my grandma Beatrice. Okay. Got it. But now I'm 48. I don't have those legs, those legs anymore. I've had two kids. And I was like, I found myself like apologizing for what's happened to my body. And I'm like, and it was funny, um, you know, we're not in a relationship. I'm happily married. But he was like, your body looks like it's supposed to look like. <laughs> I'm like, I've had a, a whole other person who I haven't seen in decades give me permission to accept my body. Mm. And I'm like, I couldn't even do it for myself. Yeah. And I've got a podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. so when you said that, I was like, you know what? This is for me. Like, where do we start mm. on loving our bodies and, and all of the changes that it, it goes through in our in a lifetime? Yeah. I think you made a very great point where you recognize that our bodies are not what they used to be. So sometimes we catch ourselves comparing ourselves to others. But I think as you get older, you catch yourself comparing yourself to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. like when I was a teenager or when a pre-kids, pre-one kid, pre-two kid, pre-three, or pre, you know, if you've had some injuries, pre-injury or demand. Yeah, yeah. You start to then like 
our bodies are like, we are, we and our bodies are one. Our bodies are always saying something to us about how we need to love and take care of it. But suddenly we start to like quiet our body's voice and we start to say to our bodies, okay, this is what you need to be for me. This is what you need to do for me. When your body is running the ship, <laughs> like yeah. it's created, you know, without your input. So just let it do its thing. But, you know, our bodies, I mean, you're the, our bodies are amazing. They're yeah. like, they're yeah. like literally John Mayer says that they're wonderlands. Like they can do so many things. Mm-hmm. And of course, as women has the ability to create a kid, sustain a kid, feed a kid, all of that. Now, even if you don't have um, kids or ever want them, it's like just the fact that your body can do yeah. that yeah. is a miracle. Mm-hmm. Now, society over a time, society does have a role and we have a role, right? We've been given beliefs with everything, not just your body, that our bodies need to look this way, be this way, act this way form this way and we just even as our bodies change even after you've had two kids which literally is a miracle mm-hmm, we start mm-hmm. to tell ourselves like oh but how come how come it's how come i can't be as disciplined i hear this also how come i can't be as disciplined as i once was or how come it's harder for me to like lose weight or how come all these different things yeah. and so we just find ourselves stuck in this cycle of comparison and the comparison is the thief of joy if we're constantly comparing it over and over and over we're never happy, you know? Um, I had to catch myself today. You know, I was like, man, I was so much more consistent postpartum with my first. Then I was like, okay, you had one. You were in the pandemic, so there's nothing else going on. You know, it's like, of course it's going to be harder now. But what have you been doing? Okay, well, you've been going on walks with your kids. You've been doing a couple workouts. Like, that is amazing. Yeah, focus on and the pot. It might take your body time. But guess what? It might never go back to how it was postpartum, even first pit, you know? And am I okay with that? It's hard. It's hard. So it's first recognizing what are you comparing? Who are who and what are you comparing to? And then like, what do you to be, to be true about how your body should look, how your body should act? Right. You start to just be aware of that. Then you can start to make shifts. But if you don't know that, if you're, if you won't, aren't, aren't willing to admit that, then it's not going to go anywhere you're just going to be in that cycle again and again i like that i think it's it's funny when you say your body's not the same like i literally as an obgyn and you know at the postpartum visit and we're talking and and i can hear some of that that language coming in and i tell my patients your body won't be the same like a whole human just grew inside your body and <laughs> like, came out and came out one way or another it came out through your belly or through your vagina and trust yeah. me both of them are not the same yeah um how do we i mean how do we even get there though like how do we even get in the mindset i mean should we say you know what okay maybe my boobs are sagging and that's okay i mean do we do it piece by piece or what are some of the baby steps that we take to start loving our body yeah i think it starts with what you think and say too so above you believe what you think and say like catch yourself i call it like catch it twist it and release it so like catch a thought that you have about your body so it's like like to, you know i was like oh why why am i wearing a tight shirt like i still you know i still got that little mom belly i'm like i should wear a loose shirt like i'm like wait but I don't want to wear a loose shirt. Like, why do I think I should wear it? So it's like, it's, you know, so then I, you know, catch it. And I'm like, it's okay. But the new thought is it's okay to wear a tight shirt. It's okay if your belly's a little, you know, it's okay. Like who, who's to say it isn't. 
because you wouldn't say that to some other girl. You'd be like, girl, you're rocking that type. You know what I mean? So um, I think you yeah. know, using those thoughts and words because that that changes how we act, right? So I also think we need to act. We can't just sit there and say we love our body and all this stuff and not take care of it. That's not love. You know, if, if your husband said, I love you and he's isn't showing that, you're going to be like, "Are do you love me? You know, it's the same thing. Like mm -hmm. words and action have to go together. And sometimes for some people, they're like, I can't even switch the thoughts yet. So I need to work on the action. So what is it like? So if you're like, I really care for my body, then how come you're never giving it water that you know it needs? Because you're so busy. You're like, oh, I'm just too busy to drink or too busy to eat, too busy to eat lunch. Yeah. It's like, no, you have time. 10 minutes to just sit there and eat or even eat whatever. We don't want people to eat while they're working, but, you know, and so I think it starts with those small things that many of us know we need to do to take care of our bodies. You know, Mother's Day is coming up. It's like, sometimes I'm like, a way to love my body and myself is to go get a new outfit. <laughs> you know, like, you saw <laughs> Yes, like, because guess what? You would spend that money on your kid if they needed a new outfit. Absolutely. Without question, hands down. So I just think it's like giving us what you're saying, giving ourselves permission to do the things that will help us love our body more. So if that's investing in a coach, if that's investing in a workout program, if that's investing in a massage monthly, whatever, like giving yourself permission. Now, you can, maybe you can't go overboard, but it's like, what's that one thing for you that's going to make the most movement towards your, loving your body? And then do that. And then when you've got that down, do something else. Do something else. So... I would love to hear your take on social media. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because uh, yep. everybody's snatched um, the small waist, the large butts, and the large boobs. And we naturally, we naturally don't look like that. Like, literally, I take my bra off and my boobs are at my belly button. Like, that is not who I am. Um. But it's all around you. Like the images are all around you. And I'm a grown woman and I'm thinking I'm not affected by that. But do you think subconsciously that that is playing a part in how the images that we or, or how we expect our bodies to look? Absolutely. I mean, think about it, you know, in regards to even news, for example, or just anything like we're just so much more connected and aware of everyone at any given moment than we've ever been. So maybe in the past, like you would look at a magazine, which you could throw away or not order, uh, or, you know, you see someone on the street, but it's a, it's a second or two of comparison of seeing, you know, these images. Well, now like you literally have access to it at any time. Yeah. And so, and it's very easy, but you know, what I love, I think, but also on social media, I've seen where people are just showing their authentic self. So you do have both sides, right? Yeah. You, you can be extreme to both sides, right? But I think you just, that's when I think there has to be boundaries around social media. So if like, if it's very like upsetting to you and you're constantly seeing images like that, like you just need to unfollow some people and not look at it. Yeah. You know, or just, and, and that's not just with this, that's with anything, even certain political topics or whatever. It's like, if this is going to mm -hmm. make morale up, it's like social media is not the place to discuss a lot of that, but it's also like not where you should always be getting your, it, it's great for inspiration, but like come back to truth. And so if that's all not helpful for you, it's okay to take a break, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've had to take breaks a couple times and, and I just been like, this is consuming my thoughts and this is not where I want to be, what, where I want to go. And then when I feel like I'm grounded, secure, I can go back in. 
So now you help women through this whole process. T- tell me, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, and how, what are some of the, I guess, not testimonials, but what are some of the results that your clients see after they've worked with you? Yeah, I think it depends on what they want to work with. But I do think a lot, it's some, a lot of this, where a lot of women, I tend to be, you know, older than me that are like, just done with all the quick things, fast things. Kids are older. They're like working. They're like, I, it's time for me to take care of me. And so it, for many of them, it's working on the simple habits of taking care of themselves because again, maybe free kids or whatever, or whatever, you know, they just could do a lot more. And so it's mm-hmm. complicated. So we just simplify it where, you know, 10 minutes of movement a day we start or something like that. And all of those simple habits, huh? Get of that. I thought I don't have to do in this 10 minutes. minutes. Can you find 10 minutes out of 24 hours? You sure can. I love that. Yeah. So what I've even done and I've encouraged, um, you know, whether young moms, older moms, busy working moms to do this is pick three to five habits that are 10 minutes each and just like try to do that. That's less than an hour. And so for me, it's like 10 minutes of movement. And I'm not going to specify what that is in this season. Mm-hmm. because I just need to move. It doesn't need to be make sure it's strength or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 minutes of um, so that helps care for my body and a lot of other things, um, c- cleaning, because I have young kids. So <laughs> when my house is a mess, I feel a mess, right? So yeah. I just like, I try to tell myself what's 10 minutes, you know, done. Um, 10 minutes of like scripture or prayer, like, because that's just going to center me. Um, 10 minutes of writing or just like 10 minutes of that. And I just try to do those every day. And I don't always hit them every day, but I'm more likely to keep doing them because it's just so small. And that's just helped me stay consistent in things that, again, I used to have hours for. I used to go to the gym for hours, you know? Um, and now I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. If I have time away from the kids, I don't <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I just want to clean. I just want to like, you know, sit in the tub or whatever. So um, so just simplification, I think, is, you know, and it's just like when someone's rehabbing, you know, whether postpartum or um, rehabbing from an injury, it's like, there's no way we're going to say start running when they can't even walk, right? So we're just doing those small steps and then mm-hmm. go to run again. Say that again, Brianna. You said we're not going to. You said we're not going to tell them to run when they can't even walk. But we get so upset when we can't run. Yes. And you're like beating yourself up because you can't run. And it's like, okay, you just had knee surgery yesterday. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need mean, that you may have that expectation for yourself. Right. It's the it's the productive, perfectionistic yeah that we live in where it's like you can't feel, you can't slack, you just got to keep going. And there are times where you got to keep going, but there are times where you really need to listen to your body. All that to say your body's speaking to you. Your body needs things. It's like just understanding. I think that was my whole process when when I started to investigate my health and figure out what works is oh, this is what my body doesn't do well with. I don't do well when I have a lot of dairy. It's not that I can't have dairy, but it just doesn't do well. So now Mm -hmm. I know that versus eating a meal and being like, why do I feel so in my stomach or, you know, so yeah, figuring out what your unique body needs in this, in each season, not one time for all, which is hard. Yeah. One thing. So we want a diet, a diet that worked maybe before, a detox that worked before. You're like, I want to do the same one because it worked. And it's like, oh, it's not working anymore. It's like because your body's changed. Yeah, and you change. You change. Yeah. You you answering questions before I can. I think <laughs> questions. 
So one of the ways that I um, ask questions is I think my mom listens. She's 82. Yeah. And she doesn't know half the stuff that we talk about sometimes. And so when you're saying my body is, your body's talking to you. Mm -hmm. My question was going to be, how do you know when your body is talking to you? So you're saying the way you feel is one of the ways that your body's giving you cues that something's not right. So discomfort, pain. Um, Are there other ways that your body talks to you? Yeah, I think this is where like, this is where I think it's important to do a food journal and not a food journal where it's like just what you eat and how much calories or macros. That's That comes at a certain time. But I think it's asking yourself what you what, what do you feel emotionally, mentally, physically before, during, and after, and just noting that. Um, because this is also very helpful for people who say that they struggle with emotional eating. If they went into eating very stressed out, you know, and maybe they ate a regular meal and they're like, I wasn't satisfied. I still feel hungry. Well, actually, maybe you were, but you were not present. So your body just didn't even really recognize you were eating. So of course it's not going to recognize you're full. Mm. Or maybe like you had, you realize over a week, every time you eat rice, I had a client, one of my first clients, every time she ate rice, she just felt a little boggy. And she's like, so I'm just not going to have a lot of rice anymore. I'm like, all right, that's good. Be And so it's, it's helpful to just see how your body is responding to and from food. Physically, you know, emotionally, are you like, you know, you had uh, even energy wise, do you have a you know, a spike and then you crash. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that's where tracking what you're eating and how you feel before, during, or after can just be an indication of like what's going on. Another thing is like, you know, I, I, I asked, this is the so, the, such a silly question. I asked my husband, I was like, man, why am I so tired sometimes? And he's like, uh, you literally just spent 12 hours with the kids. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I, but I but I expect, okay, that's I'm done with that. I should be able to like, boom, boom, ready to go get everything done once they're asleep, whatever. And he's like, sometimes, but not really, you know? And so tiredness, um, fatigue, you know, just like, yeah, discomfort or even emotionally, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I think I was talking with someone earlier today and she's just, yeah, and so, you know, all the stress has built up and now she's feeling it in her body. And she's like, I don't know why I have so much fatigue. And I'm like, well, that's literally because you've had stress built up over time and your body, like hormonally, all that is just. Oh, come on. Chronic stress. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And those are the things that we can't see, touch or feel. Well, we, we right. feel it. We feel it in our bodies, but it isn't. It isn't that obvious. And honestly, some stresses you think is good stress. Like right. I'm working hard. I'm doing a nine to five, doing the job that I love, you know, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Well, um, but yeah, your body rest registers right. um, stress and hormonally things change and you're not supposed to be running from a bear for three months. Exactly. It's just, you're not supposed to be. And so. Is this so funny? I just had a patient who um, she has um, PCOS that she's not managing. And it's like when you have a condition, it's very easy to say, is this? Mm-hmm. But then you start digging back the layers and I haven't had sleep or I haven't, my relationship right now is stressed or financially things are going on and nobody wants to hear, you know, that it's the stress. They want to hear that it's the condition and maybe it potentially could be the symptoms that she had 
she was constipated essentially. But I mean, that's what it was. That's what was causing her to feel and what she was eating and putting in her body. I think that is what she was feeling. Uh-huh. But we're not in a place in America and society right now where people want to know that. Right. But that means you have to change, right? You have to change your lifestyle and that's hard. Um, so what are some of the biggest things that you think? And I, and I don't know, maybe you don't have an answer for it, but are there some things that we think that we're doing that, that we are doing that we think are good for us, mm. but they're really not like in the long run or maybe how we're doing it isn't the best for us. Yeah. I think what comes to mind is the, um, the all or nothing mentality or action of like when it comes to our health. So when we are like, oh, I'm just going to like cold turkey, cut out all these foods. I'm going to go do this exercise every day, which is great for 30 days or for a short time. And then you start to get tired with it because it's it was a huge change and shock to your system that was exciting. But how are you going to sustain it? That's the question. So whenever we're trying to make a change, we should always ask ourselves like, is this change something I want to do short term or long term? So if I want to consistently exercise for the rest of my life, what do I do now to get me to the rest of my life? Because wellness is a, is a, it's a continuous, we should be like, you can go down, but we should be continuously going up versus like, boom, boom, these big, huge spikes. It should just be like, we're continuously going up the mountain. Many of us are like, I'm all in, I'm not in mountain valley, mountain valley. And I just think that is what's really hurting us because what happens when you get down to that valley, you lose confidence in yourself. You're like, oh, I, I, I did this, but I'm always stopping, you know? So you start to tell yourself, I can't actually do anything that I believe or that I want to do for my health. I don't believe in myself. So if you don't believe that you can achieve body love or, or, you know, lose the weight that you want or no longer be constipated or whatever, then you won't because you're already telling yourself it's not possible and you're not doing anything to get there. And so I think that all or nothing, and I have to watch myself because we do this ladies in multiple areas of our life, not just with our health. Um, and so I have to watch myself and really check where it's like, okay, I wasn't able to do all I wanted to do today, but did I take one step forward? Okay. Oh, wow. That's good. Celebrate that today. Okay. Then tomorrow might bite me two steps, you know? Yeah. Which is not, no one celebrates the steps. Listen, when we all see on social media, we always celebrate someone's results. Result. Yeah. Good. That's good. Right. And I, I love results. I mean, I, I love results too, but that's what I try to help clients with is just like, how can we celebrate ourselves for every step? Because if you learn to celebrate yourself for every step, you're, you're built again, building trust with yourself. You're just like, I can do anything because I can take one step. And that's ultimately what, you know, you're the one that's going to change your life is by taking. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what you just said for the last two minutes, I want that in a reel. I tell that we want that in a reel. <laughs> all of that in a reel. Like, I love the fact that, okay, is this a long-term or short-term change? Right. Because how you start makes a difference if it's long-term or Mm short-term. But, you know, it's funny. I hear what you're saying. Like, the process you go through, it's like you are literally talking to yourself. Yeah. Like, there's a voice in your head that's saying bad things, and you are literally talking to yourself, probably out loud, saying good things. Yes. It seems like we have to make such an effort to get the good in our brain. Um, 
is there ever a time, you know, since you're doing this work, is there ever a time that it, you're on autopilot and that there's no comparison, there's no negative self-talk? Have you experienced that? Or is it always a constant reminder? I just rephrase the question. Like, is there ever a time, like you're literally talking to yourself, saying the good things, the bad things are whispering <laughs> in your head, they stick. But do we ever get to a point that we don't have the negative self-talk or we kind of automatically get out of that a lot quicker than we used to? Yeah, I think it's 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 a skill that we have to to learn, like how to how to um overcome it quicker. But no, I you guys, we think sixty to eighty thousand thoughts a day. We think a lot of thoughts, right? And I remember hearing a study that like it takes way more positive thoughts to like stay in your mind than the negative. It's just like I don't know. It's just like we like we're just attracted to it. We hold tight to it. So someone someone says, "Oh, you didn't speak." pretty you didn't speak really well today on that presentation versus 30 people said amazing <laughs> what do you hear you hear because we're we're called we're we're prone to believe that we need to be better always be better so that's that thought just is like okay okay i need to be better versus like oh i did a great job i might have somewhere to improve but i still did a great job yeah go ahead. yeah yeah so i think it gets when you practice this it's like mindset work or you know working on your thoughts is like to your mind what exercises to your body you always need to do it yeah it's like it's yeah. more intense in certain seasons it's less you know in certain seasons and that's that's why you know doing a check-in around your thoughts each day is is helpful that's why people start talking about affirmations it's just truth you're just you're starting to believe truth mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. follow whatever you want yeah yeah um, but yeah so i think you're always going to have to do it but it might not be as hard as you keep doing it. Hmm. Wow. Well, you, you, this journey for you has been how long? I should have high school. So nearly 20 years, 20 years. Yeah. Nearly 20 years. So to close out our episode in 20 years. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I just, I didn't, I didn't realize it was 20 years until you said it. I was like, whoa, that's been a while. 20 years. You got receipts. So. I Get to close us out. What are some of like the top, I don't know, maybe one, two or three lessons that you've learned and, and have carried with you, um, through till today? Uh, man, there's so many, but I think one is just knowing that like, you're enough right now, mm -hmm. like you're enough right now, who you are, what you're capable of. That doesn't mean you can't change or shouldn't change. It doesn't mean you can't learn or become better. But when you when you start to know your worth is not in those things, it it sets you up for a good success in a, in anything, right? So knowing where your worth lies is very important. It's not in your work. It's not in your weight. It's not in your wealth. It's not any of that, you know. Um, and that's something I have to continuously learn, guys. Like, listen, my weight's changed in the last 20 years, pre-kid, post, you know what I mean? And so I have mm -hmm. to telling myself this. My work has changed. My ability to work in the hours I want has changed. My wealth has changed, you know, so. Um, and then I also think simplicity is key. Like, simplicity is key because when you can do simple things daily, you're going, like, every successful person that you have ever seen in your life did things. Like, I remember... Um, Usain Bolt, mm -hmm. he was talking about how the real work is not in the Olympics or race day. The real work is all his training. 
Yeah. That sucks. Training is not good. Training is hard. But it gets him towards that result he wants. And so you gotta like do those simple, unsexy things each day. <laughs> you know, like get sweaty, you know, do some squats, whatever. Um, and so yeah, so your enough simplicity is key and get support. We're not meant to do any of this life alone. And whatever support you need, get it. I just said that an hour ago. There we go. Literally. We have a pond out back. And the geese, they're always together in a family. They don't, they don't separate. If I see one by itself, I know something is wrong. Mm -hmm. But somehow we've gotten in our heads that we can do it by ourselves and we were never created. Uh, we were never created to do it alone. Never. Oh, I love that. I love that. Wow. So this has been amazing. Look, y'all, like. I knew the magic would happen um, and it, it, you brought it. So tell me, like, tell our audience, you know, how can they follow you or, you know, sign up to work with you? Uh, give us all the details. Yeah. So they can, I'm very active on Instagram at Madewell Women on Facebook too. The same thing, Madewell Women. So you can connect with me there on social media. Uh, yeah. And if you want to like, I always say, if you want to learn more about me where it's like working with me you can book a free call and we can just talk about and see get clarity i like to call it clarity calls to get clear on what you want and if i'm a good fit and if i'm not a good fit i'll tell you then i'll maybe refer you to someone who else is, is a good fit for you, mm -hmm. you know, it's not about you working with me it's about you getting clear on what you need um and so you can go to madewell345.com clarity and i'll give you the link for that yep we'll have it in the show notes for sure and the is it the made well woman or women podcast Women podcast. Okay, women. Multiple. Plural. Okay. So create a movement of made well women. That's why, you know. I'm here for it. I'm here. You're made well women, you know. I'm I totally am. Yeah. I, I, I feel it and I cannot believe this is my life. So yeah. now. like it's yeah. it's not perfect. Right. Um, but I was telling somebody earlier today, I got to a point in life where I was like, I don't know what God has in store for me, but it has to be better than this. Yeah. And so when you get on the other side, it just feels so good to be made well and to yeah. be whole again. So thank you so much for coming on. And y'all know I don't ever bring y'all any mess. So <laughs> you heard it. You can feel it. Please follow her um, because we need to be made well. Mm -hmm. we need to be made well. So, all right. Diana. We'll, we'll be following you and thank you for coming on again. Thank you. And guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Office Visits with Dr. V. Mm -hmm.